the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There is no greater joy. There is no deeper pleasure. There is no greater satisfaction than participating with Christ in what he's doing. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast. 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. I am too human. There's too much humanity in me. So when they in the upper room, with all their differences, with Peter, with his loud mouth, self-inflated importance, with Thomas, with his doubting, with Matthew, with his questioning, when they came divided, James and John, the sons of thunder, they came with different backgrounds, they came with different understandings, they came with different personalities, but they knelt together with brokenheartedness. They came together as one, and the passion to reach the world overcame their differences, overcame their backgrounds, and God moved powerfully. The Bible says in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of them. The number of disciples about 120 and there as they came together they prayed they prayed they confessed their sins they sought God for power to proclaim his grace and the floodgates of heaven were open and the rain of the spirit was poured down upon them Will that happen again to a praying church? Will that happen to young people as they meet in youth meeting and they pray and they seek God? Will that happen in a seniors group when they meet together and pray? Will that happen as the church is saturated with prayer? Will it happen when indeed prayer becomes the major part of our lives. You know, when I was here last, I was so encouraged when Pastor Jock gave to me one of your prayer cards and where you were challenged to take the names of three specific people and pray for them. You've been praying for them over this last year. That son, that daughter, that husband, that wife, that neighbor that does not yet know Christ. Now's the chance to take the second step. You've been praying for them. Now's the opportunity to give them a book, give them a piece of literature, invite them to something here at the church. Watch to see what the Spirit does in their life. Now notice in Acts chapter 2, the all-encompassing nature of the Holy Spirit. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, other languages, to meet the different linguistic groups that were there as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm interested in this word, all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says. It came to pass in the last days that I'll pour out my Spirit on what? All flesh. 
your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That word prophesy, not necessarily prophetic vision, but proclaim. Then it says your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now notice, God has no respect of gender. He says that your sons and your daughters will proclaim. Male and female receiving the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on your sons and daughters. God has no respect of age. It says sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out without measure on the young or old. And God has no respect for social status because it says the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on men servants and maid servants. Isn't that incredible good news? Male and female, young and old. God is going to do something with people of every status. It's really remarkable what God can do when a man or a woman fully gives their life to him. I think of the story of Abraham LaRue. Abraham LaRue was a seaman and was out on boats for 15 years. When he was in his 60s, he retired, knew very little about Christ, picked up a piece of Adventist literature in San Francisco and read himself into the Adventist message. As he read, he was by now 65 years old when he became a Seventh-day Adventist. But there was a joy burning in his heart to know Christ. So he got on his knees, he began to pray, said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. And when you pray that dangerous prayer, and you say, God, if there's a neighbor you want me to witness to, send me over there. If there is one of my sons or daughters you want me to witness to, give me the words. If I'm to go down the street and find a work colleague, Lord, just, I'm yours. That's a really a dangerous prayer. Abraham Luru began to pray that prayer when he was 65 years old. And the God impressed him. You've been out in the sea all your life. Take a boat and go to China. If the Lord told me to take a boat and go to China, I'd say, Lord, I think you called the wrong person. You know, <laughs> I mean, I've been in China, but I didn't go by boat. I went by plane. <laughs> God's opening the gospel in China right now. But the year was 1885. And the Lord began to impress Abraham Lebrou. So he wrote to the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. And he said, I believe God is impressing me to go to China. Now, the General Conference wrote back to him one of these beautiful, kind letters that the brethren at the General Conference are used to writing. And they wrote back to Abraham LaRue. They said, dear brother LaRue, we just don't have the funding to send you there. You know, that's a pretty common answer. And then they said, dear brother LaRue, you're a little old. Why don't you think about going out and coal portering in Hawaii if you want a coal porter? Choose one of the islands of the Pacific. As Abraham LaRue laughed later, he said, I did choose an island in the Pacific. It was Hong Kong. I followed the Brethren's Council. At 65 years old, he went out to Hong Kong. And in Hong Kong, he couldn't speak Chinese. And so what did he do? He began to witness to British seamen that came to Hong Kong. It took him 14 years before his first Nine British seamen were baptized. When they were baptized, they came back to Brighton and planted the Seventh-day Adventist work in Brighton because a man in San Francisco at 65 went out to witness in China led by the Holy Spirit and now by the time he's in his 80s witnesses to these 
British seamen who bring the word of God back here. Did Abraham LaRue ever think that God was going to do something like that through him? The Holy Spirit was poured out on that man. You may be 65 years old or older. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. How old was Moses when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt? 120. I mean, God can use you yet. How old was John when he got the first vision? In the book of Revelation, he was in his 90s. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on the young and what? And the old, on the middle-aged. When we open our hearts to Jesus, it's amazing what the Spirit will do in our lives. You and I have offered by God the abundance of the Spirit in our lives. We need not struggle with the same sin again and again and again and again. We need not be powerless in our witness. The Holy Spirit is promised to us throughout the Old Testament. God poured out his Holy Spirit on individuals. But at Pentecost, he poured out his Holy Spirit on the collective body of the church. God will do that again. The promise of the Spirit is for you. It's for me. It's for this church. The promise of the Spirit is for us in this generation. Now, you might be asking the question, what are some very practical steps? How can I receive the Holy Spirit personally? How can the church receive the mighty power of the Holy Spirit corporately? How can we be everything that heaven intends us to be? Let's look at the all-embracing conditions. We saw the all-embracing nature of the promise. It's for all, young and for old, male and for female. No regard to gender, status. No regard that God gives to age. But let's look at a few of the conditions. First, Acts 1, verse 14. Let's read it together. And they all continued with one accord where? In prayer. So where the church prays, where individual prays, Zechariah 10, verse 1, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. So God invites us to be on our knees praying. Luke 11, verse 13, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? I love this expression, how much more? Our God is the God of much more. He's the God of what, everybody? Much more. Who is he the God of? much more. He is the God of much more. He will do much more for your son or your daughter, you can imagine. He'll do much more for your neighbors than you can imagine. He'll do much more for your church. He is not the God who is limited. He is not the God who is small. He is not the God who has little power. For where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. He is the God of much more. The limitation is in our mind. The limitation is in our thinking. He is the God of much more. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? To those who ask him. Testimonies, volume 8, page 23. My brethren and sisters, plead for the Holy Spirit. Why? God stands back of every promise he has made. Has God promised to pour out his spirit in the last days? Does he stand behind those promises? Or has God been tried and found wanting? What do you think? He stands behind the very promises. The reason God invites us to pray earnestly for the Holy Spirit is not because he's unprepared to give it. 
It's because we're unprepared to receive it. So when we pray for the Spirit, God does something quite remarkable. Human plans, human methods, human organization does not work. One of the greatest revivals in the history of the British Isles, there have been a number of them, but one of the greatest revivals was the Welsh revival in 1904-1905. I'm well aware that fanaticism took place at the end of that revival, but the beginning of that revival was really remarkable. There was a young man by the name of Evan Roberts. He was 16 years old. And as he came to many of these large Welsh churches, he saw that they were empty. When they had prayer meetings, there might be six or seven older ladies that would be gathering together to pray for very little. There were very few young people involved in the Welsh churches at the time. The pubs were packed. The sports stadiums were packed. But faith had really waned. Evan Roberts' father was a miner. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. And Evan Roberts worked in the mines. And as he worked there, this was now 1899, he was 16 years old, and he worked in these mines with the cursing, swearing, tough, drinking miners who'd work all day, filthily come out of the mines, then they would go to the pubs and drink and be half drunk when they went home those evenings. Evan Roberts began to pray, first by himself, And he prayed that God would pour out his spirit. He knew that human plans and human methods and human organization could not bring the revival in Wales. He got a few others to pray with him, but he prayed for six years. And when he was 21 years old, he was in Mora in Wales in a youth meeting. And he shared in that youth meeting that he had been praying for the revival of the Welsh church for six to seven years. And God did something in that meeting. The Spirit of God came down in that meeting. And those young people knelt. There were probably 20 to 25 of them. And some began crying. Some began confessing their sin to Christ. And they began confessing their worldliness and confessing the fact that they were not committed to God, that they were just Christians in surface and in name. Those young people covenanted. Most of them were in their 20s. They covenanted to meet to pray for Wales. They began to go out to other churches seeking God. Within six months, 100,000 people came to Christ in Wales. The revival impacted the entire nation. In fact, you can read, if you go back and read 1904, 1905, some of the London newspapers, their reports about what was happening in Wales. And there was one interesting little report from a pub in Wales. And the pub owner said this. He said, I only sold 
27 pence of alcohol on a Saturday night because everybody was in prayer meeting, therefore I had to close down the pub. (laughs) Judges would open the Bible and give a salvation story to criminals and lead them to Christ in the courtroom in Wales in 1904-1905. Sports stadiums would pause to have a Bible study in prayer. There were prayer meetings going on in schools three times a day. One of the most amusing ones is this. The miners had a real problem because the pit ponies that would pull the coal cars in the mines refused to work because they had to learn a new language because the miners were not cursing at the ponies anymore. That's true. You read the reports. It's amazing. One young man filled with the Spirit changed entire nation as he got other young people praying. What would happen if you were that man? What would happen if you were that young woman? What would happen today if before we ever came to church this morning at 8.30, people were here in the congregation seeking God and praying? What would happen here with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if we opened our hearts to God and sought him powerfully, mightily, in earnest supplication and prayer. Notice, Review and Herald, this was a reprint from 1987 of an older article. It says, do not rest satisfied that in ordinary course a seeth and the rain will fall. Ask for it. In other words, these are not ordinary times. These are extraordinary times. We must seek his favors with our whole heart if the showers of grace are to come upon us. Notice, what are the biblical conditions for revival? The first biblical condition is very simple. It's so simple, it's easy to be missed. It's to recognize the greatness of God. It's to cry out from our hearts, Oh God, how great you are. I am frail, but you're almighty. I am weak, but you're strong. I am ignorant, but you're wise. Lord, we openly acknowledge that we cannot but we openly acknowledge that you can. You can make our lives everything you want them to be. You may not be everything you want to be. You may be thinking, you know, I wish I had a closer walk with God. The Spirit longs to give that to you. I wish my prayer life were more meaningful. The Spirit longs to give that to you. I wish my heart burned within me to study the word. The Spirit longs to do that for you. I wish I had a greater desire to witness. I wish I had the courage to speak. We begin on our knees. The Spirit longs to do for you what you could never do for yourself. I wish I could have victory in my life. I've struggled with this thing again and again. The Spirit longs to do that for you. I wish we could see the church in Britain grow. The Spirit wants to do that because God is great. And he longs to do for you and the church far above what we could ever ask or think. We're going to pray. And as I pray, would you like to say, Jesus, 
I want to commit my life to seeking you in prayer and seeking a greater portion of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's already working in your life. If he wasn't, you wouldn't be here. But if you want more, would you just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. You can put your hand down. There is somebody here that you know that if you take seriously what we've talked about, you need a dramatic change in your life. That you can no longer go on as business as usual. And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for three groups of people. And I'm going to invite you to come and just gather around here if the Spirit speaks to your heart, and I'm going to pray over you. First, this is not just a call for everybody. You may be in the balcony. I don't want you to come. You just come down. One of three groups. One, if you know you need some kind of change spiritually in your life. You may be a church member. You may not be. But you need a real change in your life. And you're saying, God, I want to make that change. I want the Spirit to be fully possessing my life. I want an undivided heart. You know you need a change. I want you to come. You can just begin to move. Come. And I'm going to pray over you. Just come on down. And secondly, if there's somebody that in your heart you know you drifted away from God, and God is speaking to you. Church is a place where we come to meet God. Church is a place where we come to know God. Church is a place where we come, not simply to come and go as the same people. If you know you need a change, you're in the balcony, you come down. Not a lot of emotion, just a straightforward, simple appeal with no music. You let God touch you. You let God speak to you. You know you need a change. Secondly, you've drifted away and you need to come back. And thirdly, there may be somebody here that God is prompting to be baptized. You're a young person and you see you have a destiny for you. You've been studying the Bible and God is prompting you. You used to be an Adventist and you want to come back. We're going to pray over you. Just come on down. You can draw close here. If you feel the Spirit touching you, just come. Come on in. We're going to pray in the quietness. I love that text. Be still and know that I am God. And God's going to touch somebody here. You may have a burden. God's going to lift that burden off your shoulder. You may have been struggling with some sin. God is going to move in your life. You may have wanted for a long time to make the decision to be baptized and now is the time you're doing it. I love to see those young people come. They're pathfinder uniforms. Wonderful, wonderful. Just come on down. God's speaking to you. God speaks often in the quietness. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and we have no idea that God's going to touch us that day. No idea what God's going to do in our life today. God shows up in all kind of ways that we don't expect. He showed up in Moses in a burning bush. God didn't expect that. Maybe you didn't expect this morning that God would speak to you as powerfully as he is, as meaningfully as he is. But he's speaking to you now. He's touching you now. And you're saying, Jesus, I can't leave this church the way I came. I can't. I've got to be different. And I can't do it on my own. I know you're going to do that. And Jesus... I've drifted away, and I'm coming back. It's the Spirit that puts that desire in your heart. It's the Spirit that guides you to make that decision. Or Jesus, I really need to follow you in baptism. We're going to pray together. Father, you're moving by your Spirit in Stanborough Church. 
You do work in our heart that we cannot see or work in our heart that we cannot understand. And Father, thank you that when we acknowledge that we need a change, when we acknowledge that things ought to be different, that you come and strengthen us and encourage us. You prompt us to make the decision and then you strengthen us as we've made it. And we thank you for that. Father, some of us have come with a little brokenness, maybe a lot of brokenness, and we just lay down that brokenness to you. May the oil of healing of the Spirit come to our hearts and change us. Make us over again. Heal those broken places deep down within. Some of us have drifted away, but we've heard your appeal today to come back, and we thank you for that appeal. Some of us have responded to the invitation to be baptized. Oh, Father, your Spirit's been working in lives here, and we thank you for that decision today. Now, Lord, we open our hearts to you. You've said, Him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his grace and mercy. Thank you for his Spirit. Thank you that you welcome us, that you accept us, that we are your children. In Christ's name, amen. Those of you that have come, I want you to go with joy. I want you to go with peace. I want you to go not thinking God has touched you, knowing God has touched you, knowing you are his and he is yours. God bless you as you go. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.